Balance Ballerinas, welcome to the Balance Ballerinas podcast. My name is Georgia. I'm your host. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Balance Ballerinas Academy, which is my in-person adult ballet classes and soon to be online courses. So for those that are new around here, and we have so many beautiful new members to the Balance Ballerinas community, welcome. I woke up this morning and I cannot believe that my Instagram has hit 20K. 20K followers. There are 20,000 people on Instagram following my personal at the Balance Ballerinas account. And that just blows my mind. Like I am, I mean, life is more than followers. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just a ballet teacher in Australia <laughs> doing her thing, trying to make a difference. And I really feel like the community is building momentum and I get the most beautiful messages. I wake up to the most stunning messages from people all around the world and it just makes my heart very happy. So if you are new around here, I am a qualified ballet teacher and studio owner. My studio is based on the Gold Coast in Australia and I have been teaching adults and younger students for over a decade now, which is wild. Anyway, we're going to get into today's topic. Now, as you would have seen from the title, five reasons why I do not regret becoming a professional ballerina. So I was recently asked, I did a little Q&A on Instagram and someone asked me, do you ever wonder what if or wish you went down the professional ballet dancer path? Great question. I think this is awesome. And I don't think I really addressed it properly on the podcast before. So here we go. The simple answer is no, um, absolutely not. So the more complex answer though is that I used to, but with hindsight and an incredible amount of personal development and getting to truly know myself, I now know in my heart that it was never the path for me. But as always, you know, this is a podcast and conversational, so I'm going to provide a much more in-depth answer. So to further explain, I probably need to share a little bit about my story and why I really feel like a career as a professional ballerina would not have served me very well in the long term. For those that are new, and as mentioned, like there are so many new people at the moment joining this wonderful community. So if you are new to the world of Balanced Ballerinas, um, my personal story is that I studied ballet from the age of three um, in country Victoria. I immediately fell in love with ballet and my mum says that it's like something just clicked for me and nothing else existed basically in my orbit. So as most young obsessed ballerinas do, I set myself some pretty high goals and as I ticked them off, I got closer and closer really to what my big picture goal was, becoming a professional dancer with specifically the Australian ballet. And I was very specific about staying in Australia because I watched many dancers before me accept contracts into overseas companies. And, you know, this is something I never really envisioned for myself. So I am such a homebody. And if you follow me on social media, you will notice that I love a good, you know, two to three day getaway that's within driving distance. But when it comes to long haul flights, like, big multiple week long trips. It's just not really my thing. 
I think I'm in the minority when it comes to this. I mean, all my friends and students seem to love traveling, but I guess I'm just also extremely fortunate that I live in a part of Australia where stunning getaways are pretty much within driving distance for me. I genuinely love my life and my routine and my home comforts and I'm sure that having a career that involves doing you know what I love even though at times you know it's extremely tough um, it does help me feel really content and grounded with you know where I am but definitely tourist activities like airport queues and exploring the world I mean I know no one finds those things fun but it really just not it just doesn't bring me as much joy as society tells me that it should. But before people message me and say, but Georgia, if you travel, you'll see what the fuss is all about. The world's amazing. Um, I, I know, I know it's amazing. And I've been fortunate enough to travel overseas um, many times. I went on the most incredible overseas holidays with my family when I was, I think, 19 or 20. Um, it was just me, my other two siblings and parents. And we had the most incredible time, like visiting Paris and Florence and Rome and Venice and Dubai. I even had two friends at the time who were performing in both Moulin Rouge and the Lido in Paris. Shout out to friend of the pod, Christy Yarn, who was actually on, um, been on the podcast before. I watched her in the Lido in Paris and it was just incredible. We actually surprised her. She didn't know that... I would be in the audience. It was amazing. So I got to see both those friends perform on stage, which was very special. And back in 2012, I did a big trip to the US with my mom and sister and one of my close friends. And whilst I found New York exciting, I just couldn't wait to get out of there. As much as I love Sex and the City, I was not feeling very Carrie Bradshaw. Yes. (laughs) Some of my favorite places I've come across in my travels actually include places like the Hamptons or parts of LA, the Greek islands, but obviously all these places are coastal and do not have ballet companies. It's, well, at least no big ballet companies. And it's no surprise that I enjoy places that are very similar to basically where I live now. So I knew, long story short, I knew that if I was going to become a professional dancer, it couldn't be on, say, a cruise ship or in a big city. I also didn't fancy being somewhere cold and cloudy for the majority of the year. And to be honest, I really didn't even think about the fact that companies tour, which I probably should have. So, you know, Facebook and sharing your life online was slowly becoming a thing when I was 14, 15 years old. And I could see young dancers huddled in their tiny apartments in London or Germany trying to stay warm in between rehearsals. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't think that's for me. So I'm going to give you five reasons today why I do not regret becoming a professional ballerina. And this is number one, lifestyle. Because of all of this, I knew that if I was going to become a professional ballerina, it had to be within Australia. The Australian ballet was my first choice and my second was Queensland Ballet. However, I'd already been in the Queensland Ballet's youth program for many, many years, studying under Francois Klaus and the gorgeous Robin White. But being the constantly sort of like restless, wanting more kind of like ambitious child that I was, I think I had my heart set on the Australian Ballet because I spent so many years amongst the Queensland Ballet Company members in waiting rooms, dressing rooms, during performances, etc. 
that it was, and this sounds awful, but it was like getting old to me. (laughs) That sounds terrible, but I just was chasing the next thing. So, So when I first auditioned for the Australian Ballet School, I was actually about 12 years old, possibly younger. And I got in. However, my parents weren't prepared and for good reason to let me begin that journey to Melbourne. So I stayed in their interstate program. I auditioned again for the full-time school the following year at 13 and I got in again and I turned it out down again. (laughs) In hindsight, I guess maybe I was playing hard to get. I don't know. Because when I auditioned again the following year at 14 years old, the artistic staff did tell mum that if I don't accept their offer this year, they basically won't be impressed. I had already had huge discussions with my parents, begging them to let me go. And we decided that this was the audition that I would accept because it would mean joining the school in their senior level at 15 years of age. But whilst, you know, still incredibly young, my parents were a little bit more comfortable at this age. And I was the one that insisted they not move down the entire family to be with me. And you know, that was important for me. I needed to go down by myself and I'm so glad that they didn't come because of what unfolded. (laughs) So when I finally got to the Australian Ballet School, I thought that all my dreams really had come true. We shared hallways and lunchrooms with the company members. We had the privilege of watching rehearsals through the windows during our breaks And basically we had the most sought after teachers, the most stunning facilities, and I had every physiotherapist and counsellor at my disposal. It was basically every young dancer's dream come true, but I must admit something just didn't feel right. And this is where I lead into reason number two, trust your gut. As a 15 to 16 year old, I would watch the company members do class and interact with one another, eat lunch in the cafeteria, and I just couldn't picture myself like living their life. Now, I don't want this to be a depiction of every professional dancer out there, but they just seemed really exhausted all the time and constantly trying to prove themselves, even though in my eyes, they were already incredible humans and dancers. I got the impression that many were deeply like unhappy or unsettled and I'm definitely not saying that this is all definitely not but it's not dissimilar to say a professional tennis player or really anyone at the top of that you know elite athletic field their life requires a huge amount of sacrifice and really from the outside can look rather glamorous but when you're observing from that inner circle can appear I guess for want of a better word a little bit miserable I'm not saying that this is every professional athlete or ballerina out there, but I'm sharing a personal observation and feeling that I remember quite distinctly. And maybe it's my own fault because maybe I had romanticized the idea of being in a professional company. And when I got there, I realized it wasn't all roses, but it's as if no matter how hard they worked, it was never enough. Now, that pressure could have been coming from artistic staff or peers, but most likely it was probably coming from themselves. It's funny, I find myself now in my own business, things are never enough. I am constantly pushing myself um, and that pressure comes, yeah, from myself. And so it's really interesting, though, it's a good pressure, it feels good. So I know that I'm doing the right thing, but in that environment, 
that pressure didn't feel correct in my gut. So if that makes sense. Now, I actually have the utmost respect, don't get me wrong, for professional dancers, even more so, to be honest, than athletes. Because firstly, they do not get paid anywhere near enough for the sacrifice and sheer input involved, but also because they are expected to be in shape and performing optimally all year round. This is not expected of most athletes, and that's why they have on and off seasons. But most ballet dancers and ballet companies don't. (laughs) So I had this gut feeling that when, you know, I was entering a life, I did not want to lead. And I watched these beautiful dancers and I thought, is it worth it? Which is a really challenging question when you've had your heart set on such a specific goal for so long. And I guess because of these thoughts, I actually began thinking for the first time in my entire life about a world and life outside of ballet. I always loved writing and the idea of being a journalist. So I wondered what it would be like actually going to university and making friends and going to college parties and making a career of writing or anything really. And you have to understand that when you leave normal school to excel in any kind of sport or elite art, you have to grow up very quickly and are pretty much robbed of a normal childhood. Now, if you're not faltering on your mission then that's okay. But if you're like me, like I was, and thinking about life outside of this identity, then you sort of have a bit of a problem. Because arguably, being at that elite level requires absolute razor-sharp focus. And it's why when parents come to me with their child and say that she or he wants to become a professional dancer, but also enjoys netball and swimming and you know all these other things... I'm brutally honest and I say it's probably not going to happen. And that's because there's no room for maybe I'll give this a go or, you know, you're either all in or you're not. And I understand it's a lot to ask of a child to choose their career path at such a young age, but there are too many students who want it so bad they'd walk over hot coals and anyone to get there. So I guess when you're in the most sought after institution in the country, surrounded by hungry, laser sharp focused peers, and you're sneaking into Melbourne University lectures on your Saturday afternoon off, wondering what more there is to life, you know, your gut is telling you this is not the right path for you. Yeah, it's probably not the right path for you. (laughs) So this brings me to my third reason entrepreneurial spirit. Now, I have always been a bit entrepreneurial. When I was six, I would stand at the top of the slide and ask for a pretty stone as payment before the child was allowed to slide down. When I was a little bit older, I started a dog washing business and ended up making quite a bit of money. I also remember telling my friend who I called my assistant, this is so bad, that I deserved more of a cut because while she just showed up for work, I was doing all the marketing and liaising with customers, which is just hilarious. (laughs) Anyway, from an early age, I remember just thinking to myself that I just fancied being my own boss. And I guess this comes back to the first two reasons, lifestyle and gut feeling, and now the admission of desiring self-employment, that being in a company would have never suited or fulfilled me. Because as far as I'm concerned, you are most definitely not your own boss in that situation. And whilst always remaining, you know, polite and considerate, I 
I was a little rebellious in nature towards conforming. And when you're in a ballet company, you have to spend a lot of time conforming and considering other people's opinions of you, most notably the artistic staff. Now, one might say then, why didn't you consider starting like a side hustle? Well, like it just wasn't really an option at the time and it wasn't really a thing. And maybe if I had have been growing up in the culture today, I would have probably done exactly that. Small business and I guess influencing and being your own boss whilst maintaining a career as a professional dancer is so you know popular nowadays. But back then, like it didn't feel like a possibility or I guess I just didn't see anyone doing it. So it never crossed my mind. Ballet companies have come a long way in relation to their company members exploring, you know, other ways to make money and market themselves on a personal level. But it hasn't always been this way. And, you know, I'll leave it at that. But it makes me respect someone like, for example, Misty Copeland even more because there would have been an enormous, enormous amount of work behind the scenes to get to where she is today. As most of you know, I am my own boss and I love the variety and challenge of really just every day. If I have an idea for a new class or a product or a service, you know, I can begin the process of actioning that right away. The sky is the limit as far as I'm concerned. And I love being the architect of my life and my community. I love knowing that as much as I put in, I'll get out. So I wake up every day and I answer to no one but me. Okay, maybe that's a lie, but I do, you know, I do believe I answer to my team and my wonderful students as I am in absolute service to them. But you know what I mean? I wake up truly every day and have this just wonderful sense of fulfillment with a career that keeps me incredibly healthy physically and mentally, which is a good segue into my fourth reason, health. Those that listen to this podcast have heard me talk about having a more athletic build. My body tends to build muscle quite easily. And I mean, I would say I have a bit of a booty. (laughs) This is something that was really just not accepted as a young pre-professional ballerina. And I was constantly told in many different ways, some subtle, some blatant, that my body was simply just not an acceptable standard for classical ballet. And it's funny because I look back on pictures of myself and I was tiny. So it really does make me incredibly angry and a bit frustrated, really, that this focus on my physique resulted in incredibly disordered eating. I remember thinking to myself, gosh, you know, it must be nice to be a normal kid and eat birthday cake on the weekend. And these kinds of thoughts, they really became quite, you know, all consuming But I'd often brush them off to the side and think, you know, oh, it'll be different when I'm in a company one day and the pressure won't be there. But again, being around the company members in that environment was incredibly eye-opening and I watched many of them struggle with their weight, drastically lose weight for particular roles or be incredibly worried about weight gain when they were injured. And so I guess eventually, you know, this was a huge deciding factor and I thought life is too short. It's too short to eat a sad salad instead of a happy donut. However, you know, it's really interesting that as I've grown to love and respect my body, my desire to actually fuel with more nutrient dense foods and my ability to not obsess over what is going in my mouth um, and, and pick actually better foods than, say, a donut, although donuts are great. They have their place, <laughs> but that's increased substantially. 
there's a lot to say for really teaching people how to enjoy fueling their bodies. And as a result of all the personal exploration in this field, my body personally has never felt more balanced and happy at the age of almost 32. (laughs) Yes. So if I was to continue down the path of becoming a professional ballerina, honestly, like I truly believe I would have been miserable trying to please everyone. And the funny thing is when you're miserable and restricting, your body tends to actually store fat and be really unhappy because it's in that fight or flight mode. Take gorgeous friend of the pod, Catherine Morgan's story. If you haven't listened to Katie's episode on the Balanced Ballerinas podcast, just simply type in Catherine Morgan Balanced Ballerinas and it'll pop up. But that incredible woman and friend that I have so much respect for retired at an incredibly early age to end up joining Miami City Ballet many years later, which was just amazing. And people just don't do that. So it's incredibly inspiring. But after only one season, Catherine left because, you know, they still hadn't changed. The classical ballet world had still not changed their incredibly unrealistic standards of body image. And even though she pulled such weight with, it's not a very good analogy there, but she did, she pulled so much weight in regards to getting audience members and bums on seats. And that still wasn't enough for artistic staff. And they still were a huge part of her mental and physical health going downhill. If you haven't watched Catherine's explanation, search on YouTube, Catherine Morgan, why I left Miami City Ballet. She provides a really beautiful and raw explanation and really just an honest account of what happens around the world in professional ballet companies daily. She tells it much better in her own words. But recently, I've found myself in this period of life where Friends who went on to have professional careers are now beginning to retire and essentially come home. Yes, so I'm turning 32 this year, um, so keep that in mind. While some dancers do have amazingly long careers, it's not uncommon to retire in your early 30s. Something else you have to come to terms with as a pre-professional ballerina entering that space. And what's interesting is that These friends now, they're reaching out to me with questions like, how did you start your studio? Or even, can I have a job? It's interesting though. Usually they don't want any long-term work. They sort of just want to come in and take workshops, um, which isn't ideal. But I even get, I'm interested in teaching adult ballet. How do you know where to begin with this? And they're just a bit lost. And what's interesting is that these friends are also saying things like, I'm so jealous. Your studio looks amazing. I feel so behind. And... Honestly, I have to remind them that they've had an incredibly rich experience as a professional ballerina and can now use that moving forward. So I guess that brings me to my final and fifth reason. You always want what you don't have. So whatever path I chose, I would have at some point wondered what if or compared myself to the people who chose you know the other path which is exactly what my friends are now doing not all of them but quite a few and we tend to want what we don't have and there are positives and negatives to bypassing the career of a professional ballerina to dive into studio and teaching life but there are also downsides you know to starting your entrepreneurial or teaching journey Uh, later in life so there is positive and negatives to both situations 
And there's actually no correct answer. And that's really the beauty of life. We all have a different path to take and need to put on the blinders, work hard and trust that the universe has our back. If I had have become a professional ballerina, I would have probably started a side hustle eventually. And I can't imagine not creating some sort of community online. I am me after all, and that would be just a very likely action I think I would have taken. However, however, if I, you know, had have become a professional ballerina, I think the life would have just, I don't know, I feel like it just would have sucked it out of me, yeah, because it wasn't the right fit. I require a more balanced approach to a love of ballet. I also probably wouldn't have had the experience of, you know, going to Africa and teaching those beautiful students or standing on stage delivering a TEDx talk. And I definitely wouldn't have had a studio with over 200 school-age students and now over about, I think it's something like 500 adult ballet students on the books. Obviously, they don't come every week, but they're on the books and they attend when they can. And I wouldn't be about to take balanced ballerinas worldwide and provide something this industry is lacking, inclusivity, acceptance and accessibility. I probably certainly wouldn't be on this microphone talking to you right now and forming this beautiful community and making connections with like-minded individuals. I don't know. At present, I just have the deepest sense of peace within myself and I've never known myself better than I do now. And that makes me really excited for the future, for future me, the future of my studio and my community, the future of my teaching capabilities. So I guess there it is. That's my five reasons why I absolutely do not regret, 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 regret becoming a professional ballerina because, you know, but I wanted you to know that this was not always the case and it's more complex than just simply listing the five reasons. I hope by providing a little bit more in-depth answers, you can see how I've finally come to this conclusion. But there were moments of doubt along the way and there were, you know, there may continue to be, who knows. But right now, you know, talking to my beautiful BB community and creating this special space for ballet, for everyone, for everybody. Yes, I know I'm exactly where I need to be. And with that, I'm going to leave you there. As always, you can find me on Instagram at The Balance Ballerina. As I said, it is just popping off at the moment. I love it. It's just so lovely. I feel like a decade of hard work is now coming to fruition with a community that is just vibrant and just loving having ballet in their lives. And nothing makes me happier than that. If you want a little bit more, you can head to Facebook, type in Secret Balance Ballerinas Facebook. There is nothing secret about it. All are welcome. <laughs> Click join. I will uh, be sure to accept you and welcome you. I welcome everybody to that group of really special humans. And if you do feel called to do so, share this episode with a friend, screenshot it, tag me in it. Um, if you feel called to do so, I'd love you to leave a review. Um, you just scroll to the bottom of Apple Podcasts and tell me what you think. Five stars would be amazing. <laughs> it just helps circulate the podcast. As you all know, this is a labor of love and I love you all very much and would really appreciate if you feel called to do so. 
Welcome to the community if you're new and for everybody who's been with me from the beginning. Gosh, we've come far. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and talk to you soon. Bye. (laughs) Bye.